This is Marvel 616 Politics, issue 32, with Andy Kirby and Jared Mayo. Jared, how are you doing tonight? Andy, I'm doing great tonight. How are you doing tonight? I am doing, I got to say, I, you know, call me a nerd, call me a geek, call nerd, me geek. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll finish. I'll, I'll stop that. But I have been looking forward to talking to you tonight. I haven't talked to you in like forever. Yeah. Like three weeks. It's been a while. It's yeah. We, while. we text a lot, but we haven't talked on the phone like the old Ma Bell for a while. yeah i know what's with that i i mean i've called you a lot and my my phone calls just go unanswered that's not true it is check i i think i'm look hold on let me check my call log yep i've i've called you 46 times in the last three weeks (laughs) that's terrible I know it is terrible. What that's kind a, of that's you? a straight up lie. That's a straight <laughs> up lie. Forty six times. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. I have it. You know there is. I, I if I can't get to my phone or it's not a good time, I just don't answer it because I I think it's ridiculous when people are like, "Hey man, now's not a good time." Like, why'd you answer the phone then? <laughs> yeah. That's dumb. Well, I mean, you know, in case your arm was falling off or something, I wanted to be there for you. But otherwise. Dude, I have out. I I created. I had uh, one presentation today, and then I had you know some time today. So I listed out all the reasons why I'm going to argue with you about X Men First Class. <laughs> well, I didn't put even a fraction of the energy into my rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but see, I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting because there there were people here who loved it and they they you know explained it. Oh, what about this? What about this? So I you know I know that you're a thought out guy. I want to hear your side of it. So oh, that's okay. coming up. But let's do this. I want to get to it so badly, and it's slated for the second to last thing. So <laughs> this this issue is wait hold on wait this is Marvel six one six politics and you can. Email us at marvel616politics at gmail.com. Visit our website, marvel616politics.com, and find us on Twitter at 616politics. You can connect with us on a daily basis on facebook.com slash marvel616politics, or even give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 616-755-TINA. That's T-I-N-A. That's right. And somebody asked uh, on the on the Facebook, they were like, 616, what, what area code is that? It doesn't matter. It's the magical area code. That's what it is. Well, it, it is very unfortunate it's Michigan, but ugh. My wife was oh. like, that's what I grew up with, 616. So I'm <laughs> Better than 666, right? I don't know if there is one 666. Yeah, who wants to live there? I don't know. Who wants to live in hell, Michigan? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not, that's not a commentary on Michigan. I'm saying there's a town. Look it up. Hell, Michigan. Oh, we can do a commentary on Michigan. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, of course, this issue 
is brought to you by DCBService.com. That's Discount Comic Book Service. And, Jared, what do they have for us? What don't they have for us? That's a great question. That's an even better question. They have great discounts on new comics. They've got a little bit of a backlog there, some um, trades. But mostly they specialize in advance orders at huge discounts. That's why they're called Discount Comic Book Service. Well, that's that's fantastic. How deep are these discounts, Jared? Uh, they go usually they can go up to about forty percent off. Now let me ask you, with the uh, the reboot of the entire DC universe, you gonna be picking up any number ones? What 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 what, what podcast is this? I'm so, I'm sorry, I forgot I forgot where it was. I oh, you're not in Hell, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> so you mean to tell me there is nothing that could get you to read dc no oh my god i mean i used to like when the batman movie when the original batman with michael keaton came out i picked up batman stuff back then but uh no way i I read marvel versus dc i guess that counts and i picked okay i did pick up hush the batman you know what i did too Yep. Dude, that, Jim Lee. I mean, you got Jim Lee drawing classic characters. I got to pick that up. Yeah. But I didn't even have to read the words, you know. It was Jeff Loeb, though. How did that work for you? Well, I, I that's what I said. You didn't even have to read the words. You just looked at the gorgeous masterpieces, all these classic villains, and Jim Lee. I, I just couldn't get much better. Now, if he mixed that up and it was like the Avengers, that would have been awesome. What do you mean? If he... If he did the Avengers? Yeah, if if he would have instead, you know, replaced Batman with Captain America and all the rogues with, like, Thanos and Doctor Doom, I would have been in heaven. I, I can see that, yes. I wish Jim but, Lee, he is, he, he is employed, he's actually employed by DC right now, right? He, isn't he the editor-in-chief? You know what, that's probably where I got that, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so he can he can stick to drawing Marvel comics, but goodness gracious, don't come near writing them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, also something else I'm excited about that's non-comic related. July, I'm doing the ramen challenge. Have you heard of this? It is it have to do with ramen noodles? It does have to do with oh, ramen noodles. Oh. You are an insanely perceptive individual. <laughs> so, look, I'm not it's not extreme. I'm just saying, 30 days, 31, 30, 31 days in July, every lunch doing a ramen noodle. For? For 18 cents. That's what it is, for 18 cents. For charity? Uh, No. No. What's the point? (laughs) That's just what I'm asking. That's what I'm trying to get to. I'm saving money. You know, because half the, half the week I go eat out, half the week I go home to eat. Mm. And uh, this is, you know, 18 cents. That's that's a lot. Of, instead of 10 bucks a meal? I mean, come on. Lunch, $10? Who does that? That's crazy. Well, that's including tip. And I, I, well, I order water. I don't even get... They charge you $2 for a Coca-Cola. That's correct. Well, we don't even go out to eat, so that's why I'm kind of like, dang, you go out to eat every other day. That's that's That does add up, you know? Yes, it does. Well, I mean, for lunch, and it's only because it has to do with schedule and stuff. I guess I could brown bag it. Well, but you know, you're pretty loaded, though. So I'm pretty loaded. <laughs> what? I Dude, mean, when you're pulling in the stuff like you are, I could probably go out to lunch every day too. 
He's some peace, man. I don't know whether to be complimented or insulted. Uh, I'm just messing with you. No, Jackie and I, we were like putting the uh, the pencil to the paper because we were like, you know what? We really would like to move out to the country. Let's see what we can do here. And um, oh. we were like, okay, well, to meet our goal of a 20% down payment, we would have to raise $40,000. Mm. And uh, oh, How much is a house in Louisiana? <laughs> dude, man, they, they're expensive. The house I bought, it was like 175 Oh. We got yeah. ours for one ten. That's a starter home, bro. That's a well, that's a starter home. I don't live like we have. Are you insulting me now? No, no. What I bought is a starter home. Like I just bought some janky house. No, I'm saying that's that saying that price starter home like. No, that price. Listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> that price down here is for a starter home. I well, could get a trailer. For under 120, like a decent trailer for under 120. Wow, why is it so expensive living in Louisiana? Who wants I, to even live there? I don't, I don't know. I mean, this is where I work. That's the only thing. Well, but I mean, like you always having hurricanes and floods and gumbo all over the place. Like that's not a place I want to really want to live. Okay, well, the third thing is actually a positive. Gumbo all over the place. It's just, I don't understand why real estate is so expensive in Louisiana of all places. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it might just be this parish, so. Ah, so maybe you need to move into um, that one that flooded. Right. Well, I mean, maybe a houseboat is cheaper. That one's, there, dude, what a learning adventure for your girls. There's no way you would get me on a boat. Dude, all right, yeah, change the subject yet again <laughs> before we get to comics. This this made me a little unhappy. All right, we're in Academy Sports, which is a sports thing goods store. And uh, I'm there just because I'm riding with somebody else, and they had to stop and pick up whatever. I don't even know. Cane poles, which they didn't even have. What is a cane pole? What is a cane? It's a fishing pole made of cane. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, this guy, my old boss, the IT manager, starts talking to one of the um, the sales people on the floor, and he starts saying, "Oh yeah, he yeah he wants to go uh, out fishing on the golf, and he's looking at boats." I'm like, "No, I, I'm not. I don't I don't go out there. I don't swim. I don't do anything." And then he goes on to say, and I don't know, the salesman must have not been all there. Because he just started going off and like, oh, well, this is a good boat and this is a great place to go fishing and blah, 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 blah. And like, I don't, I don't do that. I don't, I don't do that. I was trying to be polite, you know? Yeah. And I was like, the only reason to go out in the Gulf of Mexico is if you're on a rescue mission for some <laughs> idiot that went out there on a rescue mission for another idiot that's in trouble. <laughs> like that, that's the only reason. And he was, and then my boss was like, or my old boss was like, oh, yeah, well, he's very interested in scuba diving. You should go scuba diving. And the guy was like, oh, I'm a, you would love it. I'm a, I'm a scuba diver. I'm certified and blah, blah, blah. Oh, if you – if you and fine, he just kept going on, and he said – he finally said, well, if you're looking for a good dive shop. And I said, me? Oh, I, I'm not. He might be, but I'm not. And the guy finally got the point. He was like, oh, Right. Well, it's not that hard. And I I felt like an idiot. I felt like <laughs> I felt like I was being a jerk. 
but it was like such an uncomfortable situation because everything he was saying, it's just like my life was flashing before my eyes. It was like, why would you do that? Why? Like, this is what I think. If the only way I don't want to die is drowning, then why would I go near water? I don't know. I mean, look, look, right. If you didn't want to burn to death, you would try to manipulate all the circumstances around you so that that would never happen. Yeah, but it's not like I wouldn't light candles on my birthday cake. Well, you might if you really didn't want to die that way. Like, do you drink cups of water? Yes, I drink cups of water. Are you able to put water in your ramen? I don't bring... <laughs> Way to bring it back home. I'm just saying we can take slow baby steps. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not going scuba diving. Yeah, that might be a bit much. He was like, oh, and the guy was like, oh, you don't you don't have to go down deep. They're, they're all there. And I was like, right, right. They're all right there. That's why I don't swim. <laughs> like, they're all right there. Do you, so you don't go like swimming in the pool or anything? Um, I don't go swimming in a pool for a different reason than sharks. Well, why don't you go? Do you think because people pee in it? No, well, sort of, because the same water that's touching my butt is touching your butt, and that's disgusting. But if it's so chlorinated that it's killing anything. No, I don't like the feeling of having water penetrating every orifice in my body. Have you ever taken a bath? I don't like baths. I have taken them. I, I don't, though. So do you do hot tubs? No, I don't. Oh, you're such a freak. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that feeling. It grosses me out. I can't sit there. It's it's uncomfortable. Wow. See, see, body politic, you learn something weird about Andy every episode. Something weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right, let's. Let's move into some comics. Maybe you should just move to Ohio. What is new with you? Uh, not a whole lot, really. That's baloney. I I'm just not, you know. I stay at home all day. I don't I don't do a whole lot. I'm usually busy in the evenings. I'm just not as exciting. My my bad. I I don't. I don't see it that way at all. But here, I mean, I just don't have these weird eccentric things. Like, I like ice cream, and, <laughs> you know, I I do swim, <laughs> and, you know, I I bought a, a modest home. A and... modest home? <laughs> Bro, how many square feet is, how many square feet is your home? 1,700. Dude, mine is 1,500! Then you got ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> Minus fifteen hundred. I paid sixty thousand dollars more than you. Okay. Then you, what you need to do is move up to Ohio. Well, that I guess that would be an option if we ever opened an office up there. See, there you go. Becky would love it. Ooh, newsflash! They're moving. Do you know that? No. Where are they moving to? Moving to Florida. They got what? You got a job? Yeah. Oh well, the, good for them, but they always come to our survivor parties. I know, I know. Oh. It's gonna be rough. It's gonna be rough. Becky is um, Andy's sister, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yes, I forgot <laughs> about that. Just some random lady that will really be happy that <laughs> Andy's moving to Ohio. 
<laughs> it's Andy's ex. She's going to be Jack. <laughs> oh, hey. Look, we're never going to get the comics, but funny story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is ridiculous. All right. So Jackie, who is my wife, was an RA at Cedarville, and I was an RA at Cedarville. And the, guy, the guys and girls kind of pair up and say, okay, well, our unit or our students that we're in, in charge of go with um, them their unit and students whatever you know it's like a brother and sister unit anyway first day we're meeting everybody becky my sister is in jackie my girlfriend's unit and so becky and i are hanging out i got my arm around her trying to be a big brother and everything and this one girl in jackie's unit just went nuts and she was like i can't believe it i can't believe he's doing that that's ridiculous and she ran out and i was like i I got no idea what's going on, right? I just think this this girl's weird, right? <laughs> so she rocks up to me and she pretends to slap me in the face and like swats at me. She's like, "That's from my girl Jackie," and I'm like, "Okay, that's that's weird, you know." <laughs> and then she like turns around and storms back in. She goes up to Jackie and she's like, "Did you see what Becky and and Andy were doing out there? They were like <laughs> hugging on each other and everything." And Jackie's like, "Oh." aren't they cute that's great and like this girl throws a fish she's like what don't you know what's going on here and like she thought that becky and i were flirting or something which is really weird and disgusting anyway she was very embarrassed which so she should be well the thing you forgot one part of the story is it turns out it was actually my wife jennifer no it was not who is also in Jackie's unit and Becky's unit. So. That's not Jennifer. <laughs> She's kind of a weirdy. No. <laughs> but Jennifer probably knows who it is. She, I'm going to definitely ask her when we're done. <laughs> her name was Whitney. I won't give her last name. Oh, I know Whitney. <laughs> yeah. she's, a, she's a nice girl, and obviously she was very loyal to Jackie yeah. after beating her for like four hours. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is it. This is injustice. I will vigilante this situation. Jennifer said that your guys were weird. My guys? Yeah, she said the girls in Jackie's unit weren't weren't big fans. That's that's pretty true. Well, I mean, they did live on the hill. <laughs> well, they weren't weird. They were just... The hill is basically like the cesspit of Cedarville University. Oh, what? Where did you live? <laughs> I lived at Lawler and then on at Harriman. Okay, well Harriman was like Mecca. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but Lawler—that's a piece of trash. They got. Oh, dude, we beat you every year in football. Who cares about football? What do I care about football? Do you care about football? No, but I'm just saying if, if there was any no, kind of competition, it we had. It no, it doesn't matter. We how, got better ladies. <laughs> how was? How was? If I'm not mistaken, you. Jennifer and Miss Jacqueline are, like, both top-notch. Yeah. Yeah, and you were in Harriman, so that's why you got a better lady, a higher grade of lady. Well, Jackie didn't know you were on the hill. She couldn't come visit you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's true. Anyway, (laughs) how did your anniversary go? It was good. It was the first one uh, that we didn't really do much for. Usually it's always a big show and this year i was just like let's let's simmer down now and so we just went to olive garden and watched a movie and just like took a breath so it was it was good 
What what movie? Um, we rented that new Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston movie. Go with it, roll with it, be with it, something. Something like that. It was really good. I just don't remember the name. But it was awesome. I would definitely recommend it. Did you pay attention or were you like making out the whole time? Well, they only show that part of the movie at the beginning. It's not like throughout the movie they're saying go with it or roll with it or be with it. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you didn't answer the question. Oh, no, no, no. We were not making out. <laughs> we were propped up by, in our usual spots on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of cool. Jack- and was Miss Jackie's birthday yesterday? How was that? Oh, yes. It was It was all right. The kids were a mess, but um, actually... <laughs> We didn't do hardly anything. We, uh, I, I went home. My mom and dad brought over pizza. We ate, and then we ran to Bible study, and then got home, and watched two episodes of Psych, and then went to bed. Hmm. Yeah, so it was a breath as well. What was wrong with the kids? Man, I don't know. My, my youngest. Is she's going through a, a mighty whiny stage. She's in the terrible twos, but oh, dude, man, she we are gonna get a knock at the door because she has had four <laughs> black eyes, right? Oh no, oh no. <laughs> we weren't even home for this one. Actually, I took Jackie out for her birthday last week, like on Friday, and to uh to dinner, and um we come home and Ellie like her whole her eyelid and all the way back to her hairline, like straight back, like her temple and her hairline is blue and green and black and purple. And I'm like, is that makeup? Like, what is that? No, she slammed her face (laughs) into the bed railing on the top bunk with the babysitter. And she was on the top bunk and she was jumping up and down and another girl who is not my daughter, another little girl, was like, jump, jump! And so she jumped and (laughs) hit her eye on the railing of the... And, man, it has turned a different color every single day, and it's still not right. You're pretty darn lucky, though. Dude, it's the same side. I've had Felicity uh, split her eyebrow, her left eyebrow. Deidre split her left forehead, and... Uh, Ellie clocked herself on the left side. I mean, we were lucky it didn't split open. It's because she only has a, she has a little baby fat up there. So. Yeah. Maybe you just need to put helmets on your kids. I, you know, it to... pains me to say that. <laughs> Three little helmeted girls. <laughs> they do. But like when we dropped her off at the nursery on Sunday, like at church, the lady there was like, "Okay, I know I'm talking about Ellie, but um, what happened this time?" <laughs> so I was like, "Great." <laughs> Whoa, man! Yeah. All right, what? Yeah. What? What? No, no, it's just typically you think, yo, know, yeah, the boys—they're gonna be rough and they're gonna get lots of injuries. But it sounds like your girls are just roughing it up. I tell you, man, <laughs> it's amazing. Like, you know, whatever. Anyway, anyway. All right. All right, let's do it. Let's. Uh, the body politic was pretty active this time. We get two voicemails and we got a couple questions. From the body politic as well. So you want to hit voicemails or just questions from Facebook? Voicemails. The body politic. Did I say voicemails?
voicemails or did I say like it sounded like I said something else? I think I said voicemails. So I, I heard voicemails. Okay, good. Because I thought I was saying something about snails. I don't know. <clears throat> okay, first one. Let's hit it. Who would win in a fight between the Blue Team X Men? Uh, 1991 versus the Australian Outback X-Men like back in 88 or 89. Who would win in the fight? Okay, anonymous caller. Thank you for calling in. Uh, Jared, I'm going to have to defer to you on this one. The blue team from 1991 or the Outback team? Can you give us a little bit of background information on this? All right, the X-Men blue team. Uh, consisted of Cyclops, Wolverine, Rogue, Gambit, Beast, Psylocke, and Jubilee. And then the Australian X-Men team, which preceded them by a couple of years, um, was comprised of Storm, Wolverine, Colossus, Psylocke, Havoc, Dazzler, Longshot, and Rogue. So uh, if they were to be... That was a good question, too. I always like those kinds of questions. Um, If we were to, you know, pit them against each other... You know, I mean, Wolverine's on both teams, Rogue's on both teams, and Psylocke's on both teams. So immediately take them out. Um, so you got Cyclops, Gambit, Beast, and Jubilee versus Storm, Colossus, Havoc, Dazzler, and Longshot. For me, it's easily the Australian team. You got the powerhouse of Storm, Psylocke, and Havoc. Uh, all three of those are just huge players in the Marvel Universe power-wise. Uh, Dazzler's nothing to... Uh, to uh, not write home about. She's pretty darn powerful herself. And then you got Longshot, who has luck on his side, so you've already got um, the favor of the battle on, on the Australian team. Basically versus, you know, Cyclops, Gambit, Beast, and Jubilee. Jubilee's nothing. You know, she's easily... Her and Dazzler could take each other out if that's what we need to do. Uh, Beast could be taken out by anybody that could just zap them really quick. And that leaves you with Gambit and Cyclops against the rest of the team. That's just not going to happen, so... Uh, any day of the week, the Australian X-Men team. Uh, that was extremely well thought out. Well, good. I mean, strategically and, and <laughs> tactically and man, it seems like you've answered that question before in your head. Well, you know, I, uh, I got, don't have a lot to do all day. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What about the gold team versus 1982? <laughs> <laughs> What about you? What do you think? Dude, I I couldn't I just totally deferred to you cuz I didn't want to sound stupid. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, you know, if you're taking out Wolverine from both But see, I guess the way I look at it cuz I have been listening to uh, a podcast about and they're going back and doing retro reviews of all the X-Men. I'm trying to keep up. And they talk about the Outback team and it sounds like they like the Outback team had to deal with a ton of very powerful baddies. The the Reavers? Is that ring a bell? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go with if they overcame the Reavers, then they would probably beat the Blue Team. <laughs> Those were some good issues. The, the Outback era was a lot of fun. What were they doing in the Outback? Um, they had faked their death. Um, and so they were uh, they had taken up home in Australia to kind of fight crime from, from there. Huh. So they were actually superheroes and they weren't just doing mutant stuff? No, they, they were. They um, The adversary uh, came to take over the world and in order for him to to be killed or whatever, the X-Men had to sacrifice their lives. So they all 
they all died like on television in Texas, but uh, the entity called Roma resurrected them, but she made them invisible to electronics, so they were able to operate out of Australia with the world still thinking they're dead and they couldn't be captured on film. Hmm. Is that Nova Roma? No, Nova Roma is different than Roma. Oh. Okay, well, we're going to... Okay, next voicemail! <laughs> Hi, my name is Dwayne, and I just wanted to say talk about the uh, uh, comics going online, going digital. Um, I really think that it's important that we keep business in our local brick-and-mortar comic book stores and... Um, it just, I find it very ironic that they sell passes to buy stuff online um, when it, they're not going to get any of the business for it. And uh, I don't know, it just seems like it's taking jobs away from people and cutting out the people that are trying to do the hard work to sell for Marvel and DC and not, um, you know, giving it all to the, the big comics company so that's all i wanted to say thanks bye all right Dwayne. thanks for calling in man uh this is something i thought a lot about but i want to know what you think first jared should we be supporting the brick and mortar store um what do you feel about digital in general what do you think all right well i've tried to think a lot about this too and all right so so i'm a small business owner so I know what it's like to have like a small brick and mortar or a mom and pop shop. And I always advocate supporting the mom and pop, the brick and mortar, um, the local small town guy. Uh, that's kind of what, you know, America was founded upon and how our whole um, econ- how all the economics in America even work. You know, that's a whole nother side rabbit trail. But absolutely, anytime I can support my brick and mortar um, mom and pop, that's what I want to do. Uh, now, sometimes that means that uh, a mom and pop shop is online somebody like dcb service you know they're not walmart they're not one of these huge you know they're not best buy or anything like that they're they're still a small mom and pop so i want to when i think of supporting my brick and mortar i also think of somebody like dcbservice.com too and i did Um, find out they had a brick and mortar store or they do uh in, in indiana where is it um it's near muncie but it's it's like 20 minutes from muncie Anyway, oh, cool. go on. Um, so there's the, that part. Um, I think part of what we have to, you know, what Dwayne's question uh, addressed was, you know, people losing jobs uh, because of things like that. And I think that just looking at how economics work and, and how business has developed and evolved, um, we just have to, you just have to see that the way that products come out and how they're released to market and how trends change people do eventually lose jobs. Um, Something like Blockbuster. You know, Blockbuster was huge. It was a Fortune 500 company. No one ever thought Blockbuster would would be where it is right now. But people's people's wants and needs changed and media evolved. People didn't want to get up and leave and go to a brick-and-mortar Blockbuster store. They wanted to sit at home and click Netflix or swing by McDonald's or Walmart and pick up a red box for a buck as opposed to a blockbuster. Now, I, I can't say that yeah, that's just how business changes. You know, sometimes things go out of business because 
you don't need, I mean, like when people were, uh, when CDs came out, you know, well, yeah, we put out, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of people lost jobs because they made cassettes. And before that, people made eight tracks. And before that, they made records. So people, I mean, as, as media and, and products evolve, unfortunately, that's just, that's just the, the whole wheel of economics and how things work. Um, I, I think ultimately what would be really sweet, which I, I know it would never, ever happen, but a way to kind of make everybody happy was if Marvel was able to sell the digital rights to the brick and mortars and then somehow the brick and mortars were able to to then in turn sell that to the consumer. Um, Marvel would make a profit, the brick and mortar would make a profit, and the the consumer would still be pleased. Um, but ultimately, I think digital digital comic books are just a necessary evil and just a sign of the time. I would have to say that I would I would go for a compromise. I really thought a lot about this, and as much as I'm like, <clears throat> hey, you know what? The comic shops need to get creative, and that's kind of DC's stance. There was a big controversy over, you know, some DC VP saying, hey, the creative ones are going to survive. And people are like, hey, you know, what's going on? Um, I've gotten to the point where I refuse to feel guilty for not supporting the local store. Because the local stores that are successful start setting up chains and they, they become the national stores. And it's just the cycle like you were talking about. So competition is really good. Yes. But fixing that competition so that something can't fail, I don't agree with. So this would be my plan. What you would do is you would go to the brick and mortar store and you would buy your uh, floppy and then um, you would have a code, a unique identifier where you could go online and download your your digital copy. Now this is a little bit similar to what DC is doing, but I think the difference is that you can put your, uh, your comic in the bag and board right away, collector's item right there, and then you have that code, you can download it from the cloud, and you can bring it anywhere you want. You can read your comics anywhere, and you can have your entire library right there with you on your phone or wherever, wherever you read your comics. Um, if you have an iPad or, you know, some Android tablet or whatever. <clears throat> and I think that that would be good because you're still funneling people to the LCS, but then also they don't have to, you know, they still have their collection. And that's kind of why people go there. There's two reasons why people read not digitally. They like the tactile feel of it in their hand, and they like the experience of reading the, and being in the story and flipping the pages. Or they like to have those things as collectibles, and they like to collect them and, and add to their collection. So I think that you can accomplish that, and then you can go and, and, and get the, the digital rights as well. And you can add DRM to all that digital rights management so that, you know, you can't share them or whatever. But I think that if you're funneling people to LCS and you're still providing digital same-day releases, then that's all you need to do. And you could sell them separately as well and the digital at a discounted price and uh, somehow incorporate the store or not incorporate the store. But you, you still need to throw – you can't just say, all right, well, all the creative ones, they'll figure it out. You know no. what? Just sell snacks. You'll be fine. Yeah. You know, and like <laughs> – 
you can't do that because how I, I have been in this town and three comic book shops have shut down since I've lived here and there's only one left. And like they haven't all been there at the same time. It wasn't like one is driving them out of business. There's been like one here and then one springs up and then one shuts down and then another springs up and that other one shuts down and like they just can't survive. So I don't know. I'm torn. I I feel like I want to support the industry, but I feel like I shouldn't feel guilty for not supporting the local brick-and-mortar store. No, and I don't feel guilty when I don't go to my local comic shop because, I mean, there are so many other things that you have to take into consideration. You know, customer service. Just because you're the local comic shop, if you suck at customer service, I'm not going to come to you just because you're local. Just not not going to do it. You know, it's just like any other other business. And, you know, you still have to be able to provide as a local comic shop, you know, because comics are three ninety nine a pop, you know, you do have to be to a certain extent creative in how you get people to come in and keep them as customers. You know, whether that's, you know, excelling at the best customer service, you know, having the best file system, having the most back issues, um, being able to order anything that that the customer wants. Just uh, honestly, you know, a friendly atmosphere. I've been to so many local comic shops where it's just dirty and dank and their animals are like roaming in the comic shop. That doesn't make me want to go back there. You know, you've got so many things against you as a local comic shop. Do every single thing you can in your power to make that a place that people want to go to. Are you talking about Dark Star? Dark Star? Yeah, Dark Star Comics. Oh, no, 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 no. No, there was a comic shop that went out of business, actually. Oh, okay. Because that one has animals roaming all throughout it. Well, that's Yellow Springs. That's just <laughs> every building. But, what, but like, I, I just don't like dogs. I've never, ever liked dogs. And I go in this comic shop, and this huge lab greets me, barking, jumping on me in the comic shop, and I'm just like, yeah! You know, I'm never coming back to your store, okay? What do you know? A year later, it's out of business. People yeah. don't want to be attacked. <laughs> well, here's two ideas that I came up with. One is is um, kind of like the movie theater idea, okay? People uh, people go to the movies for the experience, all right? Mm-hmm. Some, of them, some of them go because they say, I want to see this movie on the big screen. But some of them just go for the experience. I want my popcorn. I want my seat. I want the stadium seating. I want it big. I want, you know, these yeah. things, my nachos, uh, the giant surround sound and everything like that. Or they can just buy the DVD and wait for the DVD to come out. And as you can see, DVDs are coming out closer and closer to when the movies are actually released. So this is kind of an argument for that. You know, you have to make the experience better. You walk into a comic book shop, the walls are plastered, there's movies playing, there's games you could do, you know, and you have to have a, you you do have to have a revenue stream. You do have to get creative. But it's the whole experience. Like people are talking about the stuff you care about, you know? Not just a bunch of nerds sitting there rolling dice that you have no idea what they're doing in the back, and you have no idea what Warhammer even is. Yeah, and but, it's in the basement, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I there was one shop that I went to, and uh, the bottom they had a RC racetrack, okay, in the basement. They said, okay, well, like we're gonna do all our racing in the, you know, all our uh, remote control car racing down there. We built a track down there. 
I mean, that brings people in for the experience, and you have the races, and you can read your comics, and you buy your stuff, and, you know, you sell snacks that way. You have different revenue streams, but it's the entire experience. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, the other idea that I thought was really cool, how DCB Service gets all, can do all their discounts is they order almost exact numbers. So if there is a way for the LCS to order exact numbers, and there is a, a way for them to get pretty close, it's, uh, I guess it's either Comic Vine or Comixology, something like that. They have a service where the LCS can contact them, and you, the customer, can say, go to the website, which is a national website, and say, okay, here's where I'm located. Here's my comic shop, my LCS. I'm ordering this. And so... What Comixology does is it takes everybody's order and it orders in bulk for everybody and then distributes them to the LCS. And so that's a way for them to get a higher profit margin because you can, if you order in bulk, you get discounts with Marvel. Mm. Nice. So you jump aboard with that. You try to do something like that. There are those things out there that they need to they need to get on board with. And then like my LCS, they say if you order, if you have a pool list, you get 10% off. Now, the only reason they can do that is because they use the comicsology thing where they're already they're already getting some sort of discount. Hmm. Anyway, I think we've beaten this horse. Yeah, I, I didn't expect us to talk that long, but yeah, I mean, there's so many different factors in this whole topic. You know, we could probably do a whole webcast just on this. We definitely could. It's it's a huge deal, though. I mean, and it's. It's it's really in our market it's a huge deal because you know I, I here's just one last thing what a comic shop could do is throw a party every time a comic book movie comes out and have like the the rap party where or something where it finally comes out and then everybody goes and sees it as a group and then comes back and they all talk about it you know do something like that dude our comic shop would rock <laughs> there you go. That would be awesome. All right, let's move on to the questions. All right, after Fear itself, how different will the Marvel U be? And I, again, this is Dwayne. He was saying that uh, he was hearing that it's going to be a lot different. I haven't heard that. Have you heard that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's what's the difference here? I guess I haven't been reading the right articles. Well, I mean, we've got – I mean, Ben Grimm is such a moral character, and he's killed hundreds of people. I think that's going to change his character. Uh, Bucky's Bucky has passed on. Uh, Odin and Thor's relationship, it's it's pretty rocky right now. Do we uh, know yeah. for sure that Bucky has passed on? Yeah, they confirmed it. What? what? Did you not read Fear Itself 3? Because you're reviewing it that later on. I am, but he didn't <laughs> die in the issue. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Uh, okay. Uh, not in my review (laughs) (laughs) Steve Rogers is coming back as Captain America Uh, I I don't know how the universe could not be changed fundamentally by these things okay fine whatever Um, no that sounds good I I really hadn't heard like all those things that you mentioned I don't see as giant changes I mean I guess they are well I mean it's not like they're killing Spider-Man Wolverine and Captain America but I mean I, I see the ramifications are going to be felt. Yeah, we're not going to see a whole lot of fallout from, like, Absorbing Man and Titania killing some people, big deal. But Ben Grimm, 
Like he don't he doesn't kill people, let alone destroy Yancey Street. Well, yes, but you know, again, like it's generally the same thing as Wolverine, enemy of the state, where he's like, oh my bad, I wasn't in control of myself. Now I'm yeah, guilty. But it, it was still Wolverine though. He's killed people all throughout his whole career. Uh, good point. You know, Bucky. I mean, Bucky. I see him as dead, and so does Marvel. But uh, <laughs> you know, Odin and Thor. You know, w- what's going to happen with that? That's going to change the dynamics of what happens with Asgard and and this. They're you know Tony Stark trying to rebuild, and then having Steve Rogers back in the in the suit as Captain America. You know, those are some pretty pretty big changes, I would say. Bro, I was talking to Brew Baker um two days ago yesterday on twitter and um we were having a conversation back and forth and i finally just dropped the bomb and i was like hey would you like to come on do an interview and he was like email me he sent me a direct message he was like just email me so i emailed him told him what we were about and i said this is what we would want to talk about with you writing captain america during this transition and also during the movie and uh and writing around that, and he hasn't gotten back to me yet. He seems Take that, good. Jim McCon. He did. <laughs> Look what happened to your books. <laughs> Come on our podcast, they're going to go up. <laughs> dude, dude, Jim McCann, McCon, he's writing zombie Marvel Christmas Carol now? <laughs> Come on. Well, that's what you get. You reap what you sow. That's true. That's true. All right, next question. Favorite <laughs> fresh fruit. What's your favorite fresh fruit? Lemons. Are you serious? I love lemons. I like cherries. Okay. Wow. Um, Canadian Avengers relaunch. Will it succeed? Meaning, I'm sure he means Alpha Flight. I say the nay. I think that it's a terrible idea. I read the point one, and I was just... It was it was awful. It was awful. It was almost as bad as Invincible Iron Man number 505. Did you read that? No. It was... Don't waste your time. Okay. Ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Um, Excalibur returning or any Eurocentric book. Where are the chances? And it would be Claremont Free, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's, there's zero, maybe 5% chance. It's really good question. Tom Brevort just did an interview this week, and he talked about how uh, DC, how they launched all these these international books with the JSA and the JLA and everybody, and and they said that he, he was like those were the stupidest books because the JLA was kind of like the Avengers, and the Avengers take care of the whole world. You know, they take care of those world threats. There's no need for a team like the JSA. To, to run Europe or to take care of Brazil or anything like that. That's what the Avengers do. So as long as he's still on board, I don't I don't see Excalibur coming back or a Eurocentric book coming anytime soon. Yeah, but we saw a couple of them spring up, man. I mean, uh, didn't we have two in a row? We had um, Captain Britain and MI13 or whatever, and then we had the, the one right before that, which was a Euro book. No. But how how long did those last? Well, not long. I'm just saying, I mean, you know saying? I'm saying from your point of view, what you just said, he was in charge. You don't think they're coming back because those failed? Tom Tom wasn't in charge. Casada was in charge. Now now Tom and Axel are pretty much running the show together. I got gotcha. you. All right. That's my, what's your guess? 
No, I, I, I would say that you're right. Um, I don't see that happening. I mean, we got rid of our African book, you know. And I mean, and it, I like what Marvel does the way they do it. You know, they've they've got these other teams all over the place, but they don't need a book. It's just, you know, when you go to Russia, that's when you see Dark Star and, and the Winter Guard and all them. But they don't need their own book. No, I don't think they do either. Yeah, you're right. Now, Great Lakes Avengers, though. I mean, come on. Ugh. Keep going. Next question. Next question. Would the podcast be better if it were hosted by Count Nefaria and Botrock the Leaper? No. I can only assume that this individual is talking about our accents that we used or that we did you that we could have used uh, you know for Storm and Squirrel Girl and stuff. I think this was your question. This is not my question. I didn't write this question. No, I think that you you made up some bogus account on Facebook and asked this question. No, first of all, I have no bogus account on Facebook. Okay, Peter Parker. <laughs> I, man, I just, I'm not getting into that. Facebook, I don't want any anybody I know to, to be my friend on Facebook. Facebook's such a, <laughs> such a jerk thing. <laughs> oh, That's we're not joke. friends anymore. Why do you hate me? It's a computer program. We're real in real life. We're friends. No, you don't like me. I'm not on face Facebook. What a bunch of idiots. What? It says you're a girl. So what? It says you're engaged. So what? It's ridiculous. So why do you even bother with it, Andy? Because of the podcast. <laughs> No, but you took the time to put malicious material on there. Malicious material? It's not truthful. That's not malicious. It's very malicious. No, it's misleading no, no. and malicious. No, it's not. These are <laughs> options. I am allowed to choose whatever I want. Within Why the even spend that time? What? Why even spend that time to do that? Oh, to because... To mislead people. Because I don't want people to be like, oh, this must be... The Andy Kirby that lives in Louisiana and find me. I don't want people to find me. <laughs> oh my gosh. What? What? Oh, <laughs> uh, you're just one of those people. Sometimes I just want to flick them in the head. Me? Just go right up to me and just flick them. Wait, why? Why? <laughs> you want your whole life exposed on on uh, on a, a public site? Yeah, way to go to the other end of the spectrum. Your whole life. I didn't say you put your social security number on there. Your whole life is more than your social security number. It's who you know and what you do. Gosh. I'm done with this. Why don't you re- review an issue for us? I'm being unreasonable? <laughs> yeah. No, What's I'm this? not. Look, <laughs> they have auto-tagging for pictures. If my real name was up there, somebody could could auto-tag me in a picture, and I don't want my picture up there. I don't want my name associated with my picture. Well, I'm going to start posting all those pictures when you and Jackie came up. I'm going to put those online, and I'm going to tag you. You can't tag me because no Andy Kirby exists on Facebook. Uh, I'm your friend on Facebook with your your other profile. You can dang it. And then I can tag Jackie, and they're like, who's that guy Jackie's? Oh, that's him! Oh, let's friend him! I I will. I don't know hardly anybody on my Facebook. I don't personally know hardly anybody who is my friend on Facebook. Jackie's not even my friend on Facebook. I noticed that she went from married to single. Who cares? (laughs) 
It was the talk of Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) No, as long as you're friends with me and I can shoot you messages when I need to, we're good. Yes, no, that's fine. Somebody, like, somebody in the office came in, one of my buddies here. He was like, um, yeah, if uh, if you were on Facebook, I could have done this and seen what you wrote, blah, 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 whatever. And I was like, yeah, you can find me on Peter Parker. And he was like, yeah, I just looked. There are thousands of Peter Parkers. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's too bad. <laughs> All right, let's let's do this current events. All right, current events. We haven't done current events in a while. We're not doing a review and summary of an issue for a while now. Um, Marvel has put out too much crap. Well, there's there's that, but there's general overarching themes that we wanted to go over instead of these uh issues but apparently this issue is a big deal because bucky dies i didn't realize that (laughs) so you can correct me as i review it (laughs) all right um i wrote it out you want me to go for it or were you expecting to do this no it's all you okay all right fear itself number three the hammer that fell on yancey street written by matt fraction pencils by Stuart imminent uh, Bucky Cap, Black Widow, and Falcon jump into battle into wa- in Washington, C.C., where the main attack is. Cap tells Black Widow and Falcon to save all the people. Cap wants to handle Sin, which, for those just tuning in, Sin is the name of the main primary attacker, even though it's Sin and it's Scaddy or Skady or whatever. Uh, both are the same person. It seems like at first Sin is talking as herself, as Sin, then she transitions to speaking as Scaddy. I took note of that. That's kind of weird. She was like, I've waited my whole life to kill you, but if she was talking as Scaddy, then that really wouldn't make sense. So I don't know really what's going on there. To me, that's shoddy. What are you doing? Are you are you blowing your nose? Oh no, I just adjusted the computer. Could you hear that? Yeah, you were like <laughs> Oh <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, no, no problem. Alright. She hits Cap's shield with her hammer with a giant green crash. Then we move to Asgard, where Kid Loki tricks the guards into eating something that knocks them out. And then he frees Thor. He tells Thor, the old man has gone mad and Earth is burning. Then we pan to Juggernaut in Missouri, which I thought he was in Vegas. Uh, Then we go to Creel in Dubai, and then Hulk in Brazil, and then there's the thing that picks up the hammer that fell on Yancey Street. He develops these leech things on his shoulders uh, and with giant mouths with pointed teeth and turns into Angrier, the Breaker of Souls. Then, of course, back to Asgard, Odin comes in right when Thor with Sif and the Warriors 3 are trying to escape back to Earth. Odin tells Thor that he is trying to escape prophecy. Uh, Then we cut to Steve Rogers after Thor gets kicked out of Odin uh, out of Asgard and he is presumably going back to Earth. Uh, We cut to Steve Rogers and the Quinn Carrier en route to DC. He's talking about his frustration with not being able to be on the front lines and he's talking to Sharon and uh, Maria, Mar- Mariah, Maria Hill. 
He then jumps out in a glider suit for some fresh air. It's weird, but cool. Um, <laughs> all right, now back to the actual action of the story, the attack on DC. We see Cap being helped up by Nadia and... Or Nadia, no, Natasha. N- Natasha and Sam after his cataclysmic clash with Skady. Uh, they are telling him to fall back, but he says they have to press on. And he turns to them and says, what, you want to grow old and retire? Then he proceeds to bash Sin's teeth in by throwing his shield at her face. And that really looked like it hurt, actually, yeah. in the comic. I When I read that, I read it twice. And when I read it the first time and the second time, I was like, ooh, man, right in the incisors. Uh, she gets back up and uppercuts him with her, her hammer. Then she pries off Bucky's prosthetic Skywalker arm off with the butt end of her hammer, Terminator style, like, and like just pries it off. Then she picks up the arm and beats Bucky with it. <laughs> Poor guy. And actually, I could have used a little bit more of this, which sounds bad, but this fight is the actual story. We didn't care about all the stuff that happened in Asgard or the Quinn carrier and, you know, Steve Rogers flying in his glide suit. That's yeah. what it does. Uh, and then she uses the butt end of her hammer again to kill. I, kill, but like create this giant fried gaping hole in Cap's chest. It looks like somebody poured boiling hot tomato sauce all over his suit. She walks away and Bucky is babbling about how the serpent is coming and he loses consciousness and the heroes come to help him. And that's that's it. Like, I didn't think he died. People rarely die like that in comics. Have you read any interviews with anybody after this issue came out? No, uh, uh-uh. no, no, I have not. Yeah, they all said he died. That doesn't make any sense. He's in a gulag in Russia right now. What do you mean? Oh, in Captain America? Yes. Well, this obviously takes place after Captain America. I can't believe that Brubaker would let Fraction, no matter how good a friend he is, screw <laughs> up his character. He's like, yeah, sure, kill him with tomato sauce and ripping off his arm and beating him with it. Well, that, that's a, that sucks to go out that way. <laughs> you can't I, I, beat with your own arm. I can't believe it. Sin, who is a decent villain turns into this little cyborg giant head cradle collar thing with a hammer that she doesn't even use the right end of the hammer. She uses the the wooden staff part of it, the handle. Well, she she did the thing that her father was never able to do. You know, that's kind of how it all goes full, full circle. She got the power of Asgard or whatever, and killed second-tier Captain America? No, Red Skull was not able to kill Bucky. Oh. His daughter was. I don't know. This thing, this fear itself, I mean, what do you think about it so far? I'm not very scared. <laughs> um, uh, they, they talked about it being, I don't, you know me, I'm an X-Men guy, okay? And all the interviews I read about Fear Itself were, yes, it's going to directly, the X-Men are going to be part, I'm just, all I'm seeing is Cyclops on the cover of Fear Itself 4, and the previews have nothing to do with him. So, 
I don't know. It's still, it's still not, it's not like secret invasion for me. It's not like civil war where, you know, I'm, I'm standing at the UPS truck as the guy's getting the comics off and putting it in the comic shop. It's just not like that for me. Uh, I'm hope. I mean, they're at issue three and they've already killed Bucky. So the next few issues need to be really good. I haven't seen a decent, I have not seen a good fear itself issue yet, except for Yost's Fear Itself Spider-Man, which the story's kind of weird, but it's very well written. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, all the tie-ins and the one-shots and the limited series, they're all, like, so subpar. Like, everybody, oh, the whole world is ending. I can't believe it. What will we do? There's giant Nazi monster robots attacking DC. Well, I think that's part of the problem is that the idea itself is, I mean, you said it pretty well, in my opinion, is pretty subpar. Like, we got to create some, these hammers that never existed, and and we got to create somebody who was actually more powerful than Odin, but Odin exiled him, but we won't really talk a whole lot about that, and... We'll have it, we'll have Sin figure it out, and yeah, then she'll have all these heralds, and that's what we'll do. <laughs> what? <laughs> and the yeah. people they pick: Titania, Gray Gargoyle, Creel. I know. I pick mean... some people we care about. I mean, Hulk and Thing and Juggernaut. I like those picks, but the others, who cares? I think the Juggernaut's an interesting pick, but I think the Hulk has just played out the like the whole rage thing where he can't control himself. I think we see that almost every issue, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's he's not not much. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I wish we had more. I I have to say, look, I told you, I think I told you last time that Spidey hasn't really been blowing up my skirt, so to speak. But Which um, what? Which is good. I suppose. But I mean, neither had neither is this. What's really what I'm really been interested in is the X Men lately. Which is really a, a strange turn for me. Yeah. Well, you know, and just real quick back to Fear Itself number three, though, is that uh, I do have to say this is probably some of Eminem's best work I've ever seen. That is true, but it is not Fractions. No. No. I mean, it, it's it's pretty on it's below his Iron Man stuff, which I thought is pretty hit or miss. It's so slow paced the Iron Man stuff, and this is. You jump from here to here to here to here. He's telling this giant, like, why in the world? The only reason they have nine hammers hitting the ground is because of all the tie-ins. Well, we'll deal with this guy in Iron Man, and we'll deal with this guy in Youth and Revolt, and we'll deal yeah. with this guy. Like, that's like, you know, you're telling it, – it, it's poor poor plotting. I agree. Like, it's like, okay, well, how many tie-ins do we have? 15? Well, <laughs> let's give each of them a bad guy. and you know, I thought there were only eight hammers. We'll do nine. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just dumb. All right. All right. Are we done with this? I'm, I've been done. Yeah. I, feel, I <laughs> wish I could say something cool. I, I, it was so, it was really anticlimactic when he got killed because we saw him the first couple pages and then this whole all this crap in between and then we saw him the last couple pages and it was like you had no attachment to the character in that issue it was very abrupt did you, you didn't even know he died <laughs> no i didn't i it didn't 
no, it didn't make any sense to me. Um, let me ask you, Bendis's um, Avengers, where the thing is fighting Rolk. Did you read that? Mm-hmm. What did you think of that one? I think it was uh, Avengers 14. Yeah, it was the 14th issue. I I had I was kind of mixed. I wanted to see some plot progression as opposed to an a whole issue of just two characters fighting. See, that's the thing. I think if I were Bendis, I would be pretty ticked off because I'd be like I can't write past this point and you want me to write about them fighting and how amazing and important it is and you know, so the first half of the book, he had dialogue, and the second half, no dialogue. It was just them smacking each other around, and then Rolk bleeding, and you know, you have now Avengers Tower getting destroyed. That was pretty sweet. That was yeah, yeah. But I mean, I just felt like Bendis's writing was frustrated. Well, here's the I and and the, it's just kind of frustrating on all points because it's three dollars and ninety nine cents plus tax. To pick up a comic book, to pick up Avengers, to pick up Fear Itself, give me something for that. You know, that's a gallon of gas. Yeah, you know? yeah. You you just got the the days of a dollar twenty five and a buck fifty for a comic book. Those are gone. You know, so if you're gonna be charging me more than double what I paid, you know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, then you gotta you gotta make you got to make that four bucks. Yeah. And, and see, look, I, I feel so bad what you say in that because I agree. Bendis has very little dialogue most of the time comparatively. And uh, I know that Ramita is working, you know, John Ramita Jr. is working his butt off to do these. And yet I flipped through this book in like five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. You Not only do you spend the money, but it cheapens the artist. You're like, oh, wow, next page. Oh, wow, next page. Okay, I'm done. Four bucks. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, and then what happens? Like, you don't stay stand there and, and admire the art all that much when it's, like, five pages of one whole panel of a giant light coming from Thor's hammer and hitting Rolk in the face. Mm-mm. You know, I feel bad for Ramita. And I feel bad for Bendis because I think this is, is stifling a lot of creativity. Yeah, I do yeah, have to say I, I, he has a, he has an interesting take on it though. How they're doing the interview thing and telling a story, kind of looking back. I think that that's interesting and kudos to him. But you know the rest of the books are totally suffering. They're like so slow paced because they're waiting for the next event in Fear Itself. Yeah, yeah. So all these books, you know, the how long is Fear Itself supposed to take till like September? It's like eight issues, man. All right, so basically eight months is going to take place in eight issues. I mean, but in real Marvel time, like a day or two is going to take place in eight real life months. Like, come on, move it along people. I know. I know it's yeah. All right. State of the union. The state of our union. All right, buddy, your choice. What do you want to talk about first, Uncanny Reboot or the X-Men First Class movie? Uncanny. And why don't you talk first? 
Okay, why? I like it. I like hearing you talk. Because I answered all the questions first. I did the voicemails first. You're so mellifluous. So, yeah, but I want to hear what you have to say first so I can okay. tell you you're wrong. Fair enough. Yeah, I know we're going to disagree on the next two things. All right. <laughs> Uncanny Reboot, simply, I don't have a whole lot to say. Uh, when I pick up an issue, everything about that issue is telling a story. So when the cover doesn't go along with the story, I'm mildly unhappy about that. Um, you know, that sort of thing. I want everything. I want everything about that book to tell me the story. I think that the numbering is included in that. Schism and Prelude to Schism tells me that the whole philosophy of the X-Men is going to change for a little bit. I'm sure it'll come back together eventually, but, you know, it's going to change. There's going to be two different teams. We found out that Uncanny's going to be canceled at, at 5:44, and then Wolverine and the X-Men is going. Wolverine and the X-Men number one is going as an ongoing, and then Uncanny number one as an ongoing as well. So they're bringing it back, but they're not keeping the same numbering. What that tells me is that the story is so important, and the philosophy and the divide is so important in Schism that they're going in a whole other direction, and it's it's not like it's the X-Men we knew. Now, that being said, if it never went back to the original numbering, I would be unhappy. But I think that eventually the two teams are going to become one again, even if it takes six years, and then they'll go back to the original numbering. Now, I understand that this is the only book that has had uninterrupted numbering, and that makes it a big deal. I'm kind of unhappy about that, but again, if the story warrants it, I'm 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 cool with it. Well, good. <laughs> um, no, I, I hear all, all you're saying. I I just don't know that the story. I mean, I haven't read the story, but I I feel like it's just a sales thing. People, oh, it's the new X Men number one. We gotta get it. It's it's a number one issue. It's gonna be worth something and. It's just we got to get it because it's a number one, you know, throw some foil on it or a hologram cover, you know, all that crap. But, you know, just <laughs> keep it going on. A book has made it to 544 issues. That's huge. That's huge. And you're just like, well, you know, I bet we can probably sell a couple more thousand if we put number one on it. Screw, you know, people that have been basically collecting it, you know, since 1963 or since 1975 with Giant Size X-Men or, or, you know, since the cartoon started up in 91, let's, uh, in 92, let's just, uh, let's sell a couple more issues and put number one on it. But in three or four years, when we hit 600, we'll switch back the numbering because, I mean, that's pretty big to have a title reach 600, even though we didn't really do it because we canceled it. You know, I, I can't stand that. That just... That ticks me off to no end. And we actually, there's a petition up that you can go to and you can put your name on it if you don't want it rebooted. What do you think that petition is going to do? I don't know, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) I think we started it. It got started too late. (laughs) But, okay, look, when I heard that Uncanny was going to be canceled, I was like, no, what are you doing? Why would you cancel that book? Kieran Gillen just got on it. Your canceled Journey of the Mystery, which makes it seem like more of a gimmick because of the Thor movie. And now they're canceling his other title, Uncanny? That doesn't make any sense. What is going on here? Did the guy, like, tick the wrong person? (laughs) 
Right, and then we found out, oh, they're rebooting it, they're canceling it, and then they're doing a number one. And it's not really a reboot, it's a relaunch. Uh, yeah, it's not a reboot, um, but it's a relaunch on at, at number one, and it's supposedly, I mean, I, I guess it's Scott's team. Here is something interesting I've heard. Schism, do you think that the problem that divides the teams is, do you think it's Xavier's death? No, I mean, in, in all the preludes, something is coming to the island. Yeah, something's coming to the island to kill Xavier. That's what I think. Or Xavier will get killed because of it. What What do you think's coming to kill him? I don't know. It does, I, I have no idea. Um, but I think that, that that poster that we saw, that little teaser image, in the middle, like Professor X was in the middle. Mm-hmm. And even though I don't think the right and left were the actual teams that are going to be with Wolverine and with Cyclops, I do think that it might center around Charles. I mean, they've been vilifying him and marginalizing him. It is better just to get him out of here for a while. I think that he might die, and then, okay, how are we going to... Where's our our historical leader, and how are we going to move forward? See, I kind of thought Cyclops might die. You think? I kind of, there was a, they were interviewing somebody. See, I, don't, I just read the interviews. I don't know who they're by. But they were interviewing one of the writers, and, and he said, all that we can confirm is that Wolverine makes it out because he has a book called Wolverine and the X-Men. Everyone's assuming that the two teams are split. Cyclops has a team and Wolverine has a team. It'd be cool if it was Magneto and Wolverine. No. It'd be cool if it was Storm. She's like, you know, I've been impersonated by a scrawl the past ten years. I'm back. That'd be such a cop out. Yeah, but it would make sense. I guess it would. Oh, P.S. Our marriage isn't there. Oh, have you heard? I mean, these feared self covers. Have you read them? Are you afraid of the American Panther? What does that have to do with fear itself? <laughs> why am I? Why would I? Do you fear the the coming of the America? Do you fear? Ghost Rider as a girl? No. What what is this? So, because if you put that little fear itself thing on there, people are like, oh, I'm a completist. I have to have everything. See, I read that trash because I'm a completist and I read everything. Not yeah, exactly. because it has to do with not because it has to do with fear itself. Don't camp me in with those people. <laughs> you are. I I'm not those people. If they put a, a do you fear um boots? on the front of the Herc issue, you'd get it. I don't, I can't believe your house is bigger than mine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, ADD. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Okay, X-Men First Class movie. You, before I rip into this, you want to say why it was fantastic? Well, I'm just having a piece of humble pie right now. If you don't, you don't. If you hear me chewing, okay. because uh, I definitely railed on this movie for months, but I had <laughs> every right to, <laughs> based on what I knew. You know, I had every right. Okay, and I still maintain that the character selection sucked, like big time. To to put characters like Riptide and Azazel and freaking angel in, in is, the movie who is riptide he's a marauder on uh one of sinister's team the okay Marauders. and who was he in the movie the guy that made the tornadoes okay how are we supposed to know that 
That's why you listen to the Marvel 616 Politics Podcast. You know what? That's all my list of all my complaints. I didn't even know the wind guy's name. <laughs> the wind guy. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. So, yeah, you know, we'll start with the stinky parts then. It's just the character selection, you know. It it just Azazel appeared in like six whole issues his entire since he's been created. Who why would you put him in a movie and an angel and all that stuff? Um Personally, for me, I didn't care for some of the language. That's just a personal preference. Um, and then there were a couple iffy scenes that that it's 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 so difficult because in X Men one, two, and three, Professor X made no allusions to knowing Mystique, and Mystique had maybe like five words that she even spoke, you know. And so now to to go back and and have all this Mystique Xavier backstory was a little bit far-fetched um but uh and you know there's the little things like yeah it would have been cool if Moira mctaggart was actually scottish and and um it'd be cool if the x-men actually had uniforms that would have been sweet Uh, you know stuff like that but i think when you remove yourself from the comic book continuity and you put yourself in the x-men movie continuity um for the most part it seemed to really gel and I was so I was just fascinated by the relationship between uh, Charles and Eric, and then throwing in Mystique and Beast, and you know how they I mean they drastically changed who Sebastian Shaw is. Like that's not even Sebastian Shaw. That's just a character that they needed an X Men name for, and so they call him Sebastian Shaw. Now, uh, can you explain what the difference is there? Because I actually I don't. I Sebastian didn't... Shaw absorbs kinetic energy and gets stronger, is what he does. So there's never a point where a bomb explodes, he absorbs all of it, and then shoots it back out. He's not Bishop. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so Sebastian Shaw, you know, typically like in the comic books, you know, um, you know, he'll be taken out by, you know, telepathy. Or, uh, you know, in the animated series, you know, Storm took him out by freezing him. You know, because you can only punch him so many times, he's going to absorb that energy. So you have to be real creative in how you defeat him. Um, but uh, but so yeah, I I really because I, I I just decided I went into it and just decided to remove myself from comic books and just look at this as a comic book movie and how it gelled with one, two, and three. And I thought it was awesome. I loved the interplay between the characters the two or three storylines they had going on at the same time, how it integrated with the Cuban Missile Crisis. Um, Did you just say missile? Yeah, sorry, missile. <laughs> are, you, are you a Russian spy? <laughs> the missiles. <laughs> uh, I thought Azazel was freaking awesome. And it reminded me of, like the first scene when in X-Men 2. When Nightcrawler was teleporting in the White House, that was like probably the best scene of all three X Men movies. And then to have Azazel like doing similar stuff, I thought that was awesome. To see the kids try and learn how to use their powers, you know, they're just a bunch of dorks, but they were figuring it out. Um, how Magneto took out Sebastian at the end was just like the icing on the cake. Uh, the Nazi scenes, 
I, I was ready to, I really wanted to just go outside, get some fresh air, and come back and watch it again. I really enjoyed it. I can't, I can't believe, I couldn't disagree more. I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was a, are you done? Yeah, I'm all done. I thought it was a terrible movie. <laughs> I thought, man, I mean, I looked at my watch so many times. Look, I totally went in taking out everything. And I think only one of my complaints, only one of my complaints has to do with the comic book, I would venture. I'm just going to go down the list because I wrote them out because I was like, <laughs> this is this is ridiculous. OK, first of all, it was it was it was X-Men mixed with Austin Powers. Well, it was in the 60s. It was ridiculous. <laughs> OK, the way they did it and the way everybody was in their suits that didn't fit right. Like that one big guy who was like, oh, I have an I have Cerebro. And like he's like he didn't fit in his suit. Like, give him a suit that fits, for the love of... All right. Okay, I don't understand why Magneto was having trouble lifting a sub, and yet he didn't have any trouble stopping all those missiles and turning them all around, which was infinitely more intricate and complicated to do. Um, the CGI on the beach, uh, the, the special effects were just cheap, man. I mean, overall, I thought, overall, I thought it was terrible acting. The exceptions were Charles Xavier did good probably 90% of the time. Magneto was very good. And Kevin Bacon as Sebastian Shaw I thought was very good. So those three actors did very well, which were the leads. So that was good. Everybody else, pretty poor. I thought it was a weak plot. I thought it was poor scripting and cheap special effects. When they are on the beach, there's basically two camera angles the entire movie, okay? And it switches back and forth between each one. Okay, so when they're on the beach and Charles is laying there saying, my legs, I can't move. Okay, from the back, you see there's fire in the lower left-hand corner. And then they switch to the front, there's no fire. And then they switch to the back, there's fire. And then they switch to the front, there's no fire. That's just laziness, man. And then not only that, it wasn't even real fire. It was CGI'd fire. Oh, don't worry, we'll have some stuff on fire. And you know how I know it was CGI'd fire? Because it was on a cycle, man. It would, like, if you look at it, it would be all fiery and then go up in a flame and then come back down. And it would do a fire thing and then go up in a flame and come back down in the exact same shape. You could, it was like on a set to a three-second cycle it was that was that's ridiculous you can't set a real fire did you like bootleg this movie and rewatch it over and over or something i was extremely distracted by these things oh um the 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 syringe that that only affected your appearance not your ability that doesn't make any sense because his ability came from his appearance like beast's ability came from him having that toe outward so that he could have like an opposable toe if you change the appearance of that it affects your ability so i didn't see what he meant the same thing with mystique her ability was to change her appearance so it wouldn't affect her appearance it it, i mean it wouldn't affect her ability only her appearance that doesn't make any sense either and then havoc he just sucked he was a bad actor okay that's all he did he was not very good darwin died 
the one <laughs> thing Darwin does, he died. He his whole power is not die. Yeah, he is not really even a mutant because he. I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. All right, next. Why in the world didn't Magneto kill Shaw in the very beginning of the movie? He killed the soldiers, and all these things are flying around, and the guy who killed his mom, he just leaves alone? Like, that doesn't make sense. Well, you don't know what it's like to be like a, you know, a 13-year-old boy who just had your mom shot. You know, I, he's I probably I would, still scared. I think I'd be angry enough to kill the guy that did it instead he, of the guys who were holding her. I think they were just showing that, yeah, he was still, he had obviously had all this anger, but there was still this fear instilled in him. Okay, I'll let that one go. <laughs> Thank right. you. The, okay, I thought the movie was dragging on, and I thought Charles Xavier wasn't the right character, but I let that go because I was trying to let the, the comic book character stuff go. I kept so, seeing Mr. Tumnus. Did you keep seeing Mr. Tumnus? Ooh, you know what? Yeah, was he in that movie? He was Mr. Tumnus. I didn't know that, but he did seem fawn-like. Yeah, I just was waiting for them to, to kind of pan down and see hooves, but nope. I just, didn't know yeah. he was such a womanizer. I mean, you know, I mean, taking away the comic, I didn't see him do that in the other movies, you know? Yeah. Um, they, they had weird camera stuff. The movie dragged on until they started training. And I was like, oh, okay, good. This is going to get good. I'm looking forward to this part. You know, I'm trying to have a positive attitude. And so they start training, and I think that's cool. And then all of a sudden, they go from two camera angles back and forth to really strange effects with the cameras. Did you notice this? They would suddenly break the screen apart into thirds and then put Havoc up on all three thirds and, and like, do little clips did you did you notice this? I thought they were trying to stick with kind of the whole 60s thing. Maybe, but they didn't do it anywhere else in the movie. They just did it when they were training. They didn't do it before, and they didn't do it after. So the one part I really thought I was going to look forward to and like, they did weird stuff with the cameras. No. Oh. I, I guess I just didn't watch it as intricately, intricately as you did. Um, again, I didn't know the wind guy's name. Azazel <laughs> is not even a mutant. He's a demon. In the comic books. Yeah, okay. All right, in the comic book. And this one's another comic book one. Either Emma Frost was poorly written or poorly acted, because that was no Emma Frost. Emma Frost allows herself to follow along with somebody else's plan if she sees fit. But if she feels like she's being a pawn, she's not going to do it. Like, she is so proud and conniving that she wouldn't go along with anybody and and this it seemed like she was just kind of like oh I, I guess i'll do it because you know like i need you to go get ice for me i need you to do this i need you to go do this oh okay i guess so like <laughs> that's no emma frost again that's connected to the comic okay probably the worst thing last thing i promise Probably the worst thing, okay, the message, like we know because we read the comics, that X-Men are sometimes likened to homosexuals striving for civil rights, sometimes likened to uh, the African-Americans during the civil rights movement and stuff like that. Okay, we know that. 
marginalized in society, right? Yeah. Okay. The <clears throat> the movie viewer may not know that because it's not really obvious to them. It wasn't like they had they had the fight and it was a huge struggle or anything. They were afraid of them and we saw that at the end, but we didn't see a huge social struggle. You know, they pretty much said, "Oh, you're mutants, come on, you can join us. You can be on our special team, blah 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 blah." And that was it, right? Yeah. So, two times this was like telegraphed, very poor scripting. Okay. The camera goes from Charles. He's like, oh, you already have a mutant on your staff. And then he's like, he's a mutant? I had no idea. Camera pans right on Beast. And he says, well, you didn't ask, so I didn't tell. (laughs) I was like, come on. Don't ask, don't tell. Are we really going to talk about this during this movie? Are you going to force us to think about this? That's... That that was that was in bad taste. I thought that didn't jive with the movie. Secondly, Shaw walks into all the young X Men, and he's like, "Join me, or else it would be they'll they'll turn on you. It will be like camera pans over to Darwin, slavery. Camera pans back." I was like, "Really? You're gonna point the camera at the black guy and say the word slavery? Nice." <laughs> I, I, I just. I noticed the first one with Beast, it and then was... Brian Singer actually did an interview a couple weeks ago and and said that wherever he could, because he's he's a you know he's come out as a homosexual, and with him executive producing it, uh, he he said that he did try and get as many references in that he could. I just didn't think. I mean, if you were doing a movie on the social struggle of mutants, and that was the whole theme then I could see that there would have a place for that. You know what I'm saying? I do. But I thought it was extremely forced and it had nothing to do with this particular film. And the the finally, when they walked up and they saw Wolverine, I was like, oh, this is awesome. They have Wolverine in it. I cannot believe it. And then he says the F word? That's all he does? Biggest disappointment, probably. I was so disappointed, man. Because yeah. I was like, finally, this feels like an X-Men film. It feels like, and, you know, just, I was like, oh, put the nail in the coffin. Did you see Storm? I did. Did you? Yeah, that was probably the best part. <laughs> <laughs> see, how can you say it was a good movie and you enjoyed it if seeing Storm was the best part? Well, no, because I just heard, you know, on our podcast, on our Facebook page, actually, that Storm made a cameo, and I was like, yeah! You know, that's what I was looking forward to the whole time. Well, any okay, to wrap this up, I don't want to harp on this, because Jackie argued, <laughs> Jackie argued with me. She said, I thought I liked it. And I was like, you may have liked it, but you can't say it was a good movie. I said, good is an objective scale. It's not subjective. I said, on the scale of 1 to 10, this movie is not good. <laughs> I thought it was a very poorly made film. And she was like, well, it was entertaining. I was like, it may have been entertaining. And she's like, you just don't like it because people will come to you and be like, hey, did you know this about the X-Men? And think they know it and they have no <laughs> idea. And I was like, actually, I'm not going to admit that to anybody. But yeah, that is why. I don't want people to be like, hey, guess why they're called X-Men? Because of Charles Xavier. I'm like, really? What issue was that in? <laughs> Well, no, dude. That's so funny you said that. We came out of after uh, after we left the movie, we had to run to Walmart to look for the new X Men toys, obviously. 
Um. And, uh, <laughs> so uh, we're coming out of Walmart, and there's these two guys, you know, collecting money for some whatever. And they're like, hey, dude, what's up? And I was like, yeah, we just saw X-Men. Dude, that's so awesome. I can't wait to see, you know, the brothers Magneto and Professor fight. I was like, well, they're not brothers. No, dude, they are brothers. N- nope, they're, they're not brothers. No, yeah, dude, they're brothers. And Apocalypse is in the new movie. <laughs> okay, you guys go see the movie then, okay? Because I'm not smoking what you are. <laughs> man, oh man, dude, I yeah, I You're right. The the whole nerd in us is like, no, the movies is not the truth. <laughs> well, that's true, that's true, and I I I mean, Jackie constantly was like, you just hate it because you like the comic, and I'm like, no, I'm trying. I mean, there are parts of that, but I'm trying to separate that, you know. Mm-hmm. Like when the the sub is flipping over and over and over again, and yet Sebastian Shaw and the entire room is still upright. I didn't get that. You know, like it, I, I guess I need to go back and watch it. He's in the sub. He should be flipping too. Um, I thought I, I thought that the actor Magneto did very well. I thought that Kevin Bacon did very well, and I thought that Charles did well most of the time. So I'm not gonna totally bash the film. Yeah, I think probably the best would be, at least for me, was Magneto. I thought he he just nailed it. And then probably Kevin Bacon. Yeah, I think so. You just wanted to hate Kevin Bacon, you know? There yeah. was no sympathy for him when Magneto had him at the end. You're just like, kill him! <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it! I did like the line, peace was never an option. I did like how they tied it in, how they were always playing chess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I mean, I... I, I I smiled at that, you know. I was like, "Oh, that's cool. I like how they did that." Um, I think that they should have just used the same chick to play Mystique, like you were saying. Oh, Rebecca Romaine. Yeah, this well, uh, this girl had. Like... Yeah, I didn't realize it, but yeah, you're right. Uh, looking back, somebody told me, and I was like, "Oh, that that makes sense." And that was a bit of a continuity flaw because when she loses her powers. In X-Men 3, her, she defaults back to human, and she has black hair. Oh, really? Yeah. So and le- so I don't know, unless, you know, she's just defaulting to, you know, she's just choosing blonde, and really she is, I mean, I guess it's just a minor thing, but. Well, see, I think that she's naturally blue. So, like, yeah, when, see, that's you the th- your mutant power, though. If you lose, well, okay, that's what I was confused about the serum, because if it didn't, it just affected your appearance and not your ability, then wouldn't she, wouldn't she default to blue? Like she would not be able to, like I didn't understand that at all. Her her appearance and her ability are the same thing. Mm, I, I guess I don't know. I'm kind of done with the whole cure thing. I don't want to read it in the comics. I don't want to see it in the movies anymore. They did 45 years of stories without any so-called cure. And now the past 10 years, all we do is every other story is about a cure. I want to hear it. Would that start with Morrison? With Morrison, then we had with Whedon, and then X-Men 3, and I'm just just done with it. Even in X-Men number one, Magneto trying to turn everyone into mutants. Like, there's enough... There's there's so much ripe history in the books that the movies should are pretty much written, 
You know, they're already right. written. Right. You just need to pull the stuff out. Don't reinvent the wheel. It's ready. Now, see, one of the things I couldn't figure out, my brother-in-law and his wife went and saw it, and they said that this movie was great, but everything I complained about, like as far as terrible acting, poor scripting, weak plotting, cheap special effects, they said that about Thor. And I don't see that at all. I thought Thor was a great movie. Yeah, I thought Thor was I thought Thor was better than X-Men, but I really, I, I thought Thor was one of the best ones I've seen. See, I thought so too, and I'm not that into the character. Me either. I mean, dude, it's a blonde Viking with a hammer. Right, exactly. Well, I I, I don't... I, I feel bad because... Well, I feel bad that... I mean, the X-Men's your thing. Like, if you had come to me and I've been like, Spider-Man 3 with Venom was fantastic! It's amazing! You were like, no, it wasn't because of this and because of this and because of this. He didn't say we... He did some dance. Hey, we, yeah, that sucked. I would have been like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess it did suck, you know, and you would feel bad that you convinced me. Well, no, see, all the things that you had to say really weren't deal breakers for me. You know, I'm not going to let a three minute loop, a three second loop of fire be like, I hate that movie. Right. Okay. All right. Whether you like it or not, that is subjective. I'm saying, was it a good movie? And that's why. Like, these are the criteria and the things that I found that would make it a subpar film. Mm-hmm. But all those things, I base whether I like it or not on whether it's a good movie. So that's why I didn't like it. Now, look, Dumb and Dumber is not a good movie, yet I still enjoy <laughs> it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there are there are movies that are not good that I still like. Like, Blade 2. That's not a good film, but I love it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever cool all right cool let's move <laughs> it on to our tina awards the tina awards all right the tina awards how many you got tonight sir tree tree all right let's see you know what let me look at mine real quick here oh do you need to go make up some real quick no jerk i did that <laughs> earlier <laughs> i have Two things andy always says in the podcast astray and jerk <laughs> i haven't said the other one yet which one i'm not gonna say it <laughs> <laughs> um i guess i'll keep it yeah i guess i'll keep it the way i had it two of them could be switched so how All many do you have i have three and are they stretches? Because I um, tried to make mine really easy. No, I think mine are. I think mine are pretty easy. Okay, because we only did one issue and then two kind of themes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we had to catch up. We haven't we haven't done this in a while, so you know. You know. Yeah, I'm just saying if it's if if one of yours is gonna be like. Yeah, because um, Moira McTaggart's boots didn't match her outfit. Is that like, is that my voice? <laughs> I'll kill you. <laughs> Sorry. So uh, Moira McTaggart's boots didn't match her outfit. <laughs> All right, jerk. All right, go first. Change gonna come.
I'm assuming that's fear itself, number three, or fear itself, because you listed all those changes that are, are going to happen. Very good. All right. Pretty easy. I like this. I like this. Yeah, because we talked about huge things. I can't just pick these little scrimpy ones. I know. Mine are easy, too. So. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, I'll be Thunder. Oh, is that uh, Sin? Yes. Yep. Right. Sin or Scatty in Scatty. <laughs> Whatever. What an awful name. It is bad, man. Isn't Scat like poop? Well, that's with a T, not with a D. Scatty. Scatty. See, yeah. I was thinking like Scabies <laughs> when it's, I hear it name. Scabies. Oh, we'll talk about that after the podcast. <laughs> is, it, is it a venereal disease? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> Yeah, we, yeah, no, we won't be talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, oh, it's my your, turn. It's your number two. Uh, Viva La Money. I'm talking about Viva La Money. Viva La Money, Money. Viva La Money. Viva La Money. Viva La Money. Oh, okay. That's the reboot of the X-Men, Uncanny X-Men. You got it. All right. <laughs> All right. If it's all right with you. If it's all right with you. All right. I love you. It's all right with you. I stay here with you. And when the morning's on the rise, you decide if you want me to stay alone. I think this is from her country album. That'd be the Uncanny Reboot? Nope. If it's all right with you, X Men First Class. Yeah, like ah, uh, if it's all right with you. No, that's not a stretch, man. I'm just saying the name of the. It's all right with me. Yeah, like you're you you liked it. That's not the name of the song. What is it? It's not. It's not named. You liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you liked it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the name of the song. <laughs> Tina Turner, per, like, private dancer, everything like that. Well, you liked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our next hit single. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. My bad. What's your third one? All right, my last one is In Your Wildest Dream. X-Men First Class was good. You got it. <laughs> what, what was it? In my wildest dreams, what? What about X-Men First Class? It was good. Well, that would be my wildest dreams because it was not good. I know for you, but for <laughs> me, because I asked Jennifer, I was like, I need a third Tina, and she said, how about In Your Wildest Dreams? Because you never thought that movie was going to be good. 
No, that is good. That is good. But see, that makes sense in my wildest dreams. And if it's okay with you, if it's all right with you, because the movie was all right with you, regardless of all these things. No. <laughs> yes, it works. It's the same thing. Yours needs to add. Yours has to add like a paragraph of explanation. <laughs> <laughs> well, you liked it. <laughs> all right. Number three, you can't stop me loving you. You can't stop me loving you. I was, I'm like, I'm trying to read what I wrote here. Would that be the Uncanny Reboot? Yes, it is. Yep. Because even if they change the numbering or whatever, I'm still interested. I'm still going to read it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and they know that too. And you will too. I, exactly. They know if it's got an X on it, I'll probably pick it up. <laughs> See, they were all easy tonight. That's good. Yeah, that was good. After Except after your second one was a little shady. It's not shady. You just didn't open up your ears. <laughs> open up your ears no. and your mind. I'm not going there. And live the 60s, man. <laughs> <laughs> live the X-Men 60s. <laughs> I bet that movie tested really well in Yellow Springs. I'm sure, I'm sure it did. <laughs> Man, I could not get over it. I was like, this is like Austin Powers with X-Men. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> I didn't care that they changed Moira. Whatever. You know. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. When you remove yourself from the comic book, it's it's just a bunch of characters. Yeah, well, uh, a, a good example of that is the Punisher movie with Tom Jane. I thought that was good, even though they changed the entire origin story. See, I didn't see it. You didn't see the Punisher movie? Mm-mm. Dude, it was good. You know, I've never seen Blade either. <laughs> the first one, the first Blade, not so hot. The second one I liked. The third one, I can't remember. I don't know. <laughs> you are going to make a comment, weren't you? No. <laughs> no one to say anything. <laughs> I don't drink. Ah, you know what? Never mind. You have a guilty conscience because you... I haven't said anything about that and you've alluded to it twice. No, you said I have my gin and tonic ready. I was just making a joke and then you're like, oh, I feel guilty. I feel convicted. He's making <laughs> fun of me. And I had no even... <laughs> I, it wasn't even a thought to make fun of you about that. I was just yeah. joking. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> Such a liar. <laughs> Are you going to go see Green Lantern or no? No. <laughs> Eric really wants me to see it, but I don't want to. Who? Eric? Yeah, he wants me to come up and watch it, but I'd rather not. I'm, what we're going to try and do is Avengers is filming in Cleveland next month, so we're going to try and be extras. That would be awesome, man. For real. For I would, like, pee my pants. Hey, when does Captain America come out? Next month? Yeah, but July what? I don't know. Hmm. Whatever day it is, though, I'm be there. Actually, Jackie's really excited to see that. So I'm gonna take. So is Jennifer. I think there's a bit of a love story that the girls are connecting with. I don't know how Jackie would know about that, though. Do you all have a TV? Yeah, but no commercials. Oh, you don't have commercials on your TV? Uh-uh. Because we, no, we don't get any channels. So. Oh. 
Oh, yeah, you told me that. Right. Yes. Well, maybe she, when you leave for work, she reprograms it to get channels. Right. She, I come home, she's like, this uh, remote control's not working. Can you, and I press the TV button, and then I press the <laughs> volume. Yeah, but she's reprogramming it when I go to work. She You're has like, to play it up. <laughs> yeah. She's clever. I was in class with Jackie for a couple years. She's very clever. Oh, she is. A, yeah, you know, she's. I guess she is. <laughs> she's clever, but she's not like conniving. She's not deceiving. She roped me into a pick a date. <laughs> <laughs> Your wife. <laughs> I'm just saying that. No. I guess I'll go. I had ministry that night. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? You skipped it. Yeah, I had open airs. <laughs> And she gives me the whole pity party, this last freshman girl that doesn't have a date. I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. How did Jen not get a date? Not to step on your toes, but your wife is, like, extremely good looking. I know. I know. I don't I don't know why. That's a good question. Is she, like, in, does she intimidate boys because of her height? Yeah, she said that in school, the two things that worked against her was, you know, because she was tall. And then she was the pastor's daughter. And he, the pastor's also the one that started the school. So it's like nobody felt they could approach her. Oh, I didn't know that her dad was a pastor. Yep. That's pastor cool. Doug. Pastor Doug. Right on. Fantastic. I don't know. Whatever. Astray. <laughs> what? <laughs> you said fantastic. Because I always say that. So now I'll say astray. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to get me to say it. <laughs> but I won't. I might type it in the show notes, but that's about it. <laughs> no, I can't wait to see the image for this this episode. It could be like a little baby with a black eye in Australia with our thumbs down on the X-Men movie. <laughs> you set the, bo- the bar way too high. <laughs> There's no way. I'm going to be working all day tomorrow. What are you doing, Kirby? Uh, Nothing. Photoshopping things. Uh, (laughs) What is that baby doing? (laughs) That's my child. She has a black eye. (laughs) What is she watching? Wolverine? Say the (laughs) F word. I don't know. (laughs) All right. This is Marvel 616 Politics. Thank you for joining us. This show has been brought to you by DCBService.com. Get all your comics at Discount Comic Book Service, up to 40% off all all trades and singles, actually. And um, you can do pre-orders, which is fantastic, and they, uh, they're they great customer service. So um, you can uh, go to our website, marvel616politics.com. Email us at marvel616politics at gmail.com. Or, and follow us on Twitter at 616politics. Or you could stay away from being led astray by those other websites and go to facebook.com slash marvel616politics. That's where you can keep up with all the news, uh, all the interviews that Andy does not read, and uh, talk with other people online about what's going on in the Marvel Universe. Or you can give us a call at 616-755-TINA. That is 616-755-TINA. And what are the numbers on that? I don't know. I mean, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. 
And until next time, make yours Marvel 616 Politics.
you okay there? Yeah, I've been holding that one in for a little while. I couldn't find the mute button. You can't. <laughs>